it's good to be here tonight. I want to give Pastor honor for allowing me to speak to you all tonight. If we could all just raise our hands and praise the Lord. God, oh God, we come before you tonight, God, and ask you to open our hearts and minds to what you're speaking, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You guys can be seated tonight. I want to speak to you from the title, When You Call, I Will Answer. You guys can be seated. The call of God must take priority above anything that prestige, power, or money have to offer you. When the Lord calls us to do something, it needs to become our priority because the call of God is important. Imagine with me tonight, a six-year-old little girl standing in an altar with tears streaming down her face. A new burden is being placed on her, a burden to reach lost souls around the whole world, a burden that wouldn't be accepted or understood by many because she was so little, a burden that just grew over time, a burden that never goes away, but gets bigger and bigger and bigger the older she gets. That little girl was me. I was six years old, standing in an altar, feeling the love of God like never before. I felt a call to missions at six years old. I was one of the lucky ones who got my call early because it shaped me and it shaped my walk with God. It doesn't matter how old you were when you got your call, it must shape your walk with God. I remember standing in that altar. I remember the tears streaming down my face. I remember that my heart felt so heavy but so light all at the same time. I remember seeing faces of people all around the globe I didn't know who they were. I didn't know what they stood for. But I knew that God was calling me to them. God was calling me, and he gave me a love for those people that I had never met. In that same way, God is calling each and every one of us tonight. I look back on that moment now, and I think, wow, thank you, Jesus, for giving me that opportunity to spread your love to the world. And I still feel that way tonight. I thank God every single day that he's allowed me to feel his love, to feel his burden, to feel his calling, and to respond to it. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8 says, Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here I am, send me. Being called by God in any capacity is answering the call of Isaiah 6 and 8. When you answer the call of God, you say, here I am, God, send me. When you answer the call of God, you're saying, here, I'm right here, please, send me, God. Because the call of God needs to become your priority. When you answer Isaiah 6 and 8, the call of God becomes more important than anything else. So I have a question for you. What would happen if you treated your workplace as a mission field? If you treated your local grocery store as a mission field? If you treated 
every place that your feet touched as a personal mission field. If you walked into Publix and said, here I am, God, send me. God, send me to the person who's hurting. God, let me talk to the homeless person who needs more than just money. God, what if the city of Fort Myers, Cape Coral, Northport, Naples, Punta Gorda, what if you looked at those and said, here I am, God, send me. God, I'm walking through this city. Here I am. Send me. Send me to the lost souls who need a light. What if I walk into my workplace and I cry out in my spirit, God, I'm here. Send me. God, send me to be a light to my coworkers. Send me to have the word they need today. Maybe they don't express that they need it, but God can give you that word. God can speak that word through you, and you don't even realize it. God, send me. God has sent you to the place that your feet touch every single day. If you're called to be a follower of Christ, you're called to be a missionary. If you're called to be a Christian, you're called to be a missionary. Treat every single place that your feet touch as your own personal mission field, and you will see God bless it. So I stand before you guys tonight ready to answer that call. And I pray that you're ready to answer the call with me tonight. God has called each and every one of us here to his kingdom, which means that we are sent. There are people in the world that only you can reach. Only you know them. Only you've met them. Only you'll come into contact with them. Only you can speak the words that God has placed in your heart for them. There are people that I will never meet that you will. And God's called you to those people. We see an example in Exodus chapter 3, verse 4. And when the Lord saw that, he turned aside to see. God called him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. Moses said, here am I. God, here I am. I don't know about you, but my goal is whenever the Lord speaks to me, I want to be ready with the here am I. I'm right here, God. I'm listening. I'm ready. I'm here. When God whispers in my ear, I want to be ready to respond. How do we get to that point, though? We see in Luke chapter 11, verse 1. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. If you notice here, they said, teach us to pray. The disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray. They didn't ask him to teach them how to pray. They said, teach me to pray. It all starts with prayer. God, teach me to pray when I don't want to. God, teach me to pray when I feel like I should, but I don't have the energy. When I feel sleepy, when my pillow is heavier <laughs> than the call of God, when I'm distracted, teach me to have the desire to pray. Teach me to want to pray and not just to pray when I feel like it. God, teach me to want your things, to want your words to want to pray. When God teaches you to pray, you hear that still, small voice. You hear the whisper that says, hey, Lexi, 
Go pray for that man. Hey, Lisa, maybe you should pray for their groceries. Hey, Chrissy, your coworker needs you. They need you. You hear that whisper that says, tell them this. Tell them that. Quote this scripture to them. Teach me to pray, God. And then when you hear that voice that says, why don't you pay for their groceries? You're not going to hesitate because you know that that's God. When that still small voice is refined, you learn to pray. You pray without ceasing. You pray always. And you begin to feel the burden. God, teach me to pray. Teach me, God. Acts 2, verse 2 says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. It was sudden. It was a sudden sound. When God teaches you to pray, you're ready for the sudden sound. You're ready for the sudden instructions. You're ready to obey no matter what the case is. Sometimes the sound of heaven is like a rushing mighty wind, but sometimes it's a cool, gentle breeze. Sometimes it's a whisper, a thought. Sometimes the voice of God isn't what you think it is. Growing up, I thought the voice of God meant, thus saith the Lord, such and such. But God doesn't speak to me that way. God speaks to me in a way that I understand, just like he's going to speak to every one of you in the way that you understand. But it starts with prayer. You can't hear God's voice if you never talk to him. You can't know God's voice if you never talk to him. God, teach us to pray. When God teaches us to pray, we see things through his lenses, not through our own. We see a homeless man, and we don't say, oh, he asked me for money last week, too. We say, God, how can I help them? What do they need? In Luke chapter 5, verses 4 through 6, it says, Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they heard this, and when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. When God teaches you to pray, he'll bring in the harvest. When you're praying for revival and the Lord gives you an idea, you need to listen. Maybe it's something that didn't work in the past. Maybe the last time you felt the urgency to pray for somebody, they shut you down. Maybe you're still beating yourself up because you didn't ask that last person if you could pray with them. Maybe you've tried and tried and tried, but they didn't listen. When God gives you that urgency, you respond. Instead of giving God our excuses, we say, nevertheless, at thy word, I may have asked five people if I could pray with them, and they all told me no, but at your word, God, I'm going to ask that next person. And maybe they'll receive the Holy Ghost. Maybe they'll come to church with you. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll just remember down the line that somebody offered to pray with them when they were having a bad day. Maybe you asking if you could pray with them stop somebody from committing suicide. 
Nevertheless, at your word, God, I will obey. I've tried it before, but nevertheless, at thy word, God. Maybe I don't understand it, but at thy word. When we trust just the word of God, we begin to see his works in action. When we hear that small voice and we listen, God responds. God doesn't ignore what you're doing. Maybe you missed it a time or two. God doesn't care about that. He just cares that you're responding to his word. When we hear that sudden word and we respond, we see situations like in Luke chapter 10, verse 2. Therefore said he unto them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore that the Lord of harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. When you say nevertheless at that word, the harvest comes. The harvest comes so much that you need more hands. You can't contain it on your own because nevertheless at the word of God, we are responding. When we listen to the voice of God, the harvest is great, but the harvest follows obedience. The harvest we're seeking, it follows the obedience that God expects. The harvest requires an attitude of here I am, God, send me. It requires action on our part. When we say nevertheless at thy word, God does what he can do. He does what only he can do. And he expects us to do what he has called us to do. Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who seeing Peter and John go about into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's greatly wondering. When you say, nevertheless, at thy word, God, people are going to wonder what you have that they don't. People are going to wonder why God just did what he did. But it's because you listened. Peter and John were on their way to the temple to pray, and they came in contact with the lame man. This situation could have gone so many ways. They could have been like, man, this guy always wants money. Or they could have told him, go away. What are you doing here? Why, you don't belong here. You're lame. 
belong here. They didn't say that to him. They could have called him names. They could have asked, don't we see you here all the time? Didn't we just give you money last week? They could have said he was faking. They could have done anything else except what they did. But they heard the voice of God. They went up to him and followed the instructions the Lord gave him. They could have left him there begging, but they chose to be obedient to their calling. I'm sure they had a little bit of money in their pocket that they could have given him. It would have sufficed him, but that's not what God said. They listened to the voice of God and took that willingness, and God performed a miracle. God didn't ask them for something they didn't have. He didn't say, give them a million dollars when they didn't have a million dollars. God simply asked for a willing vessel to use. He asked for a hand to reach out and pull the man up so that he could do what only he can do. When we're in a situation and we respond the way God asks us to respond, God does what only he can do. We'll see the miraculous, but we have to respond. I want to be so full of the fire of God that my first response isn't to give them money, it's to give them Jesus. I want to never ignore somebody as I walk by them. I don't want to look down like this because I don't have money to give them. I don't want to pretend like they're not there. I want to submit to what God's asked me to do and share what he's asked me to share. If I'm driving down the road and I see somebody on the side of the road and the Lord instructs me to stop and pray for them, am I going to do it? If the Lord tells me to do something, am I going to do it? Regardless how I look, if I look silly, if somebody's going to make fun of me, if the people in my car don't want to do it, am I going to listen to the voice of God? Am I going to submit fully to what God has asked me to do? Because if we submit fully to what God has asked us to do, you will see the miraculous. God did it in the Bible. He can do it today. We could drive by somebody who's in a wheelchair, and they could get up and walk out of that wheelchair on the side of the road. We could be in the middle of Publix and pray somebody through to the Holy Ghost. It doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing. When God whispers in your ear, are you going to listen? That's what matters. Because Peter and John had a pri priority of prayer, and they were sensitive to where God was leading them, God was able to use just their, their right hand. Their right hand performed a miracle. There was nothing in it except God. There was no money in that hand. There was no magic healing oil in that hand. It was God. God can take what you do have and use it for his glory. I may not have material possessions. I may not have a lot of money to give, but I do have something to give them. I have Jesus, and I can give them what God has given me. I want to look at God and say, I may not have much to offer, but I'll give you every single thing that I have. God, take me and use me for your glory. God, I don't have anything to give you, but you can use what I do have, and that's you. God can use himself through each and every one of us. I want God to use me for his glory. 
I want to come to God at the end of my life with no talents left. Because I want to be able to tell God, I used it all for you. I gave it all to you. Every bit of everything you gave me. God, it's yours. God, you have full control. Take my lips and speak through them. Take my hands and use them to glorify you. Take the knowledge you've given me and use it for your glory. Every single thing that I do, every single step that I take, let it give you glory, God. Take my life and glorify yourself through it. God, take every inconsistency, every failure, every fault, and use it for your glory. God desires to give each and every one of us a burden for prayer so that we can take the enemy's camp by force here in Fort Myers. But we have to give ourselves over to the call of God. Give yourself over to the burden that he's placed on you. You can respond like Moses did. You can tell God everything you believe to be true about yourself. You can outline every one of your unqualifying features. You can say, oh, God, I don't have time. God, I can't talk to anybody. I'm so shy. Oh, that I'm just a kid. Oh, I can't do that. I'm so busy. God, I don't have the money to go there. I can't. God doesn't want to hear that. Whatever the reason is that you don't think you can do it, you can give it to God. But it doesn't matter what disqualifies you because God qualifies the unqualified time and time and time again. Instead of being like Moses and giving all the reasons why you can't do something, tell him why you're going to give him everything. God isn't asking you for too much. God is asking you to use whatever you can give and allow it to be a tool for his kingdom. Peter and John had their hand to offer. They offered it to the lame man and God used it. God used that right hand to pull him up out of the disease he had been born with. Only God can do that. But you have to give the tools you do have to him. Exodus 4, 1 through 5. And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said, Take unto Moses. Put forth thy hand and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand, that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath appeared unto thee. Oh, but God, what if they don't believe me? What if they don't believe what I'm saying to them? God gave it to you, so speak it anyways. God is simply asking for our obedience. Listen to his instructions, and he will fulfill all that he has set before you. What would have happened if Moses refused to throw down his rod? Moses listened, though, and his obedience was the only skill God required. It's the skill that's still required today. 
Moses said, oh, but I'm this and that, and I have a stutter, and I this. And God said, hey, what's that in your hand? What's that right there? Oh, you have a rod? I can use that. I can use that. Throw it down. I'll prove that I'm God. If you have obedience to the Lord, he will take anything you have in your hand and use it for his glory. What you have in your hand could simply be love, and he can use that for your glo- for his glory. It doesn't mean that the call is always going to be easy, though. Sometimes obedience to the Lord takes you to places you never imagined. It breaks your heart in some situations. You may be faced with a situation that doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem possible. Maybe his call takes you to a place where you're sitting in a taxi. There's a child banging on your window, begging you for food. They have nothing. And what do I have to give from God? I have God's love. Maybe it takes you to an operating room where there's a girl in her mid-20s. Her situation feels absolutely hopeless. There's nothing you can do to change it. And there's nothing she can do to change it. All you can think to do is grab her hand and pray with her. All you can do is ask God to intervene in those situations. It may look very ugly. It may not look like what you thought. I know I've been in these situations where I've thought, man, God, this isn't what I thought a mission's calling looked like. Man, why am I seeing this heartbreak all around the world? It looks ugly. It's not easy. It's not easy. But God gives you the tools you need to get through it. And imagine the impact you're making on those people. That girl who I sat in the operating room with while she was having a C-section, I held her hand and I prayed with her. Imagine the love of God she feels when she thinks back to that moment. She felt so helpless, but God was there. God was in that room. Your heart may hurt looking at the situation, looking at the outside of it, but knowing that they felt the love of Jesus is so worth it. Sometimes, though, the call of God is so exciting. Sometimes it's when you witness 50 children receive the Holy Ghost. Sometimes you see one receive the gift of the Holy Ghost or get baptized in Jesus' name, and that's the most exciting feeling And it makes you want to do it all over again. But in order for that one to receive the Holy Ghost, those 50, those 100 or 500 or 1,000, you have to obey God. You have to listen to the voice of God, and he will guide all of your paths. Jeremiah 29 and 11. I'm going to read it in NIV. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God knows each and every plan that he has for our lives, which means we don't need to know them all. We don't need to understand why we're in the situation we're in. We don't need to understand the ugly. We don't need to understand it. But God has a purpose for it. And when you understand that God has a purpose for it, you don't need to understand it all. I want to challenge you to follow the call of God. 
Let it take you to the places where he's trying to call you. Let's look at Isaiah 6 and 8 again. Musicians, you can come. But this time, we're going to replace the word send with the word use. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I use? Who will go for us? Then said I, Here I am. Use me. God, send me. God, use me. Use me in spite of my flaws, in spite of every reason I should give up, in spite of every mistake that I've made, in spite of every reason that I should not be able to do this, in spite of every reason that I should not be standing here today. Use me, Lord. God uses the unqualified so many times. Moses had a stutter, and God used him to speak to Pharaoh and free the Israelites from bondage. Moses wanted to give every reason that he could not. He said, but God, I have a stutter. But when we, got, when we give God the reasons we can't do something, he says, exactly, you can't do this, but I can, and I will do it through you. If we remain close to God in prayer, he will do things through us. On our own, we can't do it. But God uses the unqualified. And guess what? God gets more glory when you are unqualified for something than when he uses somebody who is so qualified. Because when you have the qualifications, you take the glory for yourself. When you don't have them, God gets every bit of the glory. Every time I'm asked to come and speak to you all, the thought goes through my head, but I have nothing to give these people, God. What can I teach them? I don't have the life experience they have. I don't know the things they know. But I'm here to tell you today, I have nothing to give you. But here's what God has given me to speak to you all. God wants to remain close to us in prayer so that he can use us. He wants us to view each situation we are in as our own personal mission field. When we're not qualified, God can use us. I know that I'm not qualified to be before you today. But I want God to get every bit of glory. In Acts chapter 4, verses 30 and 31, it says, By stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that the signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child Jesus. And when they prayed, the place was shaken where they assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And speak the word of God with boldness. When the people prayed, they received boldness from God. But not only that, they saw the miraculous through God. The key to that is it's through God. When you pray, he gives you boldness. If God did it in the book of Acts, he can do it today. When we pray, God will give us boldness. We'll find ourselves in a grocery store picking out some vegetables. And God will say, go pray for that person. And when we do, we'll see the miraculous. We may not know what their situation holds, but God will speak the words through you if you are willing to allow him to. It all begins in prayer. If we're not praying, then God cannot speak the way he desires. I want you to leave here today with a challenge to view every situation you walk into as your own personal mission field. 
and remain close to God in prayer, and you will begin to see things like never before. God is going to do mighty things through each and every one of you, but you have to remain close in prayer and walk in ways of obedience to see it come to pass. If you'd stand with me. When you walk in the ways of God and make your life about the kingdom things and the business of his kingdom, you'll be used to do things you never could have imagined. When you answer the call and say, here I am, God, use me, he will. Answer the call today. Here I am, God, use me. Make my life about your business. Make my life a testament to you. God, here I am. Please use me. These altars are open tonight. Why don't we gather around the front this evening? You can use me. Let's recommit ourselves.
your word. Thank you for the minister tonight, God. Thank you for the encouragement. Thank you, God. Lord, for the renewing, God, of our minds and our hearts, God. We thank you, Jesus, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, mighty God. Lord, we appreciate you so much, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, sister. Just continue. All I want to say 